This is the new Blue Review with Benji Shulman. 101.9 High FM, I'm Benji Shulman. This is the new Blue Review. And I'm happy to say that we have on the line Roger Ballin. He is a, an artist, a photographer, and a participant in this year's Venice Biennial. And uh, not a new person to the show. We've had him on before. Welcome back, Roger. Thanks so much for being with us on 101.9 uh, High FM. how are you? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Roger, can you tell us a little bit, uh, for people who are not aware, what is the Venice Biennale and why is it important to the art scene? Uh, The Venice Biennale is the oldest and most important of the art fairs in the world. I think it was started about 70, 80 years ago, and it contains, I think, the most um, artists for any um, international art fair, plus the art fair is as well divided up into many countries Um, many countries have pavilions and one of those countries is south africa so you were involved with the pavilion this year what what was the theme uh, of of the pavilion and and what was the focus uh well it was i guess two themes that one was the main theme for the show was for the overall festival was milk of the dreams and the particular um theme for south africa was the dreams and motivations emanating from the COVID uh, pandemic. Well, that's a, I mean, it's a very broad canvas, so to speak, and a very, of uh, course, a, 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 a particularly well suited for for sort of uh, interpretive ways of of approaching these things, which you would expect with a with an art fair. So, so how did uh, the uh, our pavilion focus, and how how did it uh, in, interpret this particular set of of themes? Uh, well. Look, I think I think you're absolutely uh, correct. Is the word if you look? We seem to be having a, a little bit of a technical issue with uh, with Roger there, We're trying to get him back on the line so that we can talk about it. Because uh, yeah, we want to hear about what is happening and going on in in the Venice Biennale. We're just getting into a very interesting discussion there uh, on on 101.9. Hi FM, and uh, just finding out about the Venice Biennale because uh, it's not something that um, we know too much about. Uh, interestingly, as Roger said, it's been organized every year since 1895, which makes it the oldest, uh, in, uh, oldest of its kind in the world. And the main exhibition is held in Castello in the halls of the Arsenal and the Biennale Gardens, and it alterna- alternates every second year between art and architecture. Uh, and then there are other events that are hosted around this biennial, which include uh, theater, music, dance, as well as the Venice Film Festival, which, of course, is very, very uh, prolific and uh, important in terms of film. The architecture um, biennial is held in even-numbered uh, I, I don't know what happened oh, there. Not a, not a problem. We, we, we have you back again, Roger. That's what's important. You were you were just about to say before the before we were cut off that uh, you were, you were talking about a word that 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 gives across the theme. Yeah, for so this I was year. just basically saying the word dream is open to so many interpretations. You, you know, it could be uh, something uh, that we have in the middle of the night. It could be a desire. It could be um, something that relates to uh, innermost uh, fantasies. Look, there's many definitions of the word. It is a very general concept and then one has to translate it visually so it it is open to interpretation and i think the other two artists involved you know had 
works that could be considered dreamlike or memory-like, and and, and um, I think uh, many of the works at the um, exhibition in Venice, you know, um, I guess uh, you know could loosely be associated with dreams. I'm not clear if the this is the right word to use either, to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, I think that that's, uh, uh, if, if you can't quite define it, then it seems like a good start. So what was your experience, Roger? Actually, going, I'm assuming you went there and had to participate. How did you find it? Well, I was there for um, three weeks. Look, it's a, it's a very interesting fair because it's so in, encompassing. It, you know, it involves artists from all over the world. Some of the artists are very contemporary and then some are very historical. So you have a broad view of of art perhaps taking that has taken place over the last few decades so one uh, walks away you know i guess like in any other art fear inspired by some of the work and not relating to to, to other uh, artwork and that shouldn't bother one as you know i think that's the way it is if you go to a shopping mall and into a shop you know there'd be things that excite you and things you you won't notice and and you don't have to take notice of everything. I think, you know, everybody has a particular interest in the things that interest you. One can study and remember and and then walk away, uh, you know, with your own thoughts and, and ponder what what interested you. I think this is the way uh, to go to fairs like this, not to be overwhelmed and, and feel guilty that you don't, you know, uh, come to terms with everything you see. Now, can you maybe comment on our place in the art world as South Africa and also Africa? I mean, were there other African countries that were participating? And where does where did you see the art sort of fitting in to where the rest of the world is at the moment? Look, it, it's it's quite obvious the the problem in the world in Africa. I think there are like four out of the fifty two or fifty three African countries. I think there were four or five African countries participating. And I think um, it, it is a really, it is quite a shame, actually. And I get to guess there are a couple of reasons uh, for this, but I think the main reason is financial. You know, um, the 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 state, the the country uh, that wants to um, apply for the um, festival has to, you know, has has costs. And most African countries don't see art as a priority, and so only four or five, uh, something like this, participated, which I think is a great shame because there's a lot of excellent interesting art being produced in africa and it should be showcased and you know what you did find here generally speaking is the larger more wealthy countries had the huge pavilions very well financed and uh, smaller countries had smaller pavilions smaller areas and i guess the artists had to uh, struggle with funding more than than countries in the western world so give us a little bit of an insight into your contribution to the pavilion. What did you, uh, what did you bring uh, to it? You're, of course, very famous for, for very dreamlike, I guess, maybe even nightmarish <laughs> uh, artworks to, to people. So, so how, did you, how did you interpret it for, 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 for the yeah. particular fair? Well, well I, did a, I made a, a series of work called The Theatre of Apparitions. Uh, this uh, work had been completed as a book by Thames and Hudson in 2016, and it uh, deals with the concept of making the invisible visible. And when you look at these uh, images, which I made in light boxes, they were photographs. Ultimately, I made of drawings I made on window glass in a warehouse in Johannesburg, and I made these photographs. And I initially showed them as photographs, but in this case, 
I made uh, light boxes and it was the basically the first time that I had um, shown light boxes on, on the scales and, and the room that I uh, showed in in Venice was very dark it almost felt like a underground church in some ways and others so when people um, walked into this uh, room with these um, uh, light boxes um, glowing it, it it felt like a very uh, almost a religious place, a place of, of spirits, which is what I wanted to convey because apparitions are spirits, they're, they're ghosts, they're, they're otherworldly. And, and uh, I think uh, most people uh, felt that about um, my show. And when one thinks of the word dream, it's a, you use the same connotation. A dream is otherworldly. It's from another place. You can't feel it. You can't touch it, but it, but it's there. And so I think the relationship between dreams, apparitions, and, and what I um, created in this space was synonymous. And, and the reaction was really excellent. I say these days, um, how can you tell whether the people like your exhibition or not? Well, the easiest way to tell these days is the people take pictures of the exhibition. So I would say eight out of ten people went into my show, started taking pictures with their phone. What do you make of the idea when we're talking about interpreting dreams and in that sometimes sometimes dreams can feel more real than reality if you have a particularly vivid dream or or even if you take a dream in the sense of something that that you want sometimes people will will completely subordinate their their realities to a dream that that they want so sometimes it's it's not actually an apparition at all it can actually be more substantial than than what people have uh, around them well look uh, you make a very interesting uh, point um and when gets very philosophical about it well, the dream is created in the mind. The, a dream is created in a, a brain cell. Reality is created in the mind. A reality is created in a brain cell. So perhaps the same brain cell that's responsible for dreams is responsible for interpreting reality. So they merge on all sorts of levels. You know, these are very, very complex questions. I mean, you could almost say at some point in time, well, since everything's a product of the mind, uh, dreams are as much a reality as 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 uh, as sensory uh, life. So who knows? I mean, it's enigmatic. That's all I can say. You know, if, and if one ponders so-called reality, one will ultimately come to the same conclusion: realities as enigmatic as, as dreams themselves. Well, let's let's talk about some uh, reality then at the moment, Roger. The, what is the reality of the art scene in South Africa? We we know that a lot of artists struggled during lockdown and in the last two years with COVID. Uh, wh- what has been your experience and, and where you seeing the art scene in, in South Africa at the moment? Look, there are a lot of really excellent artists in South Africa, a lot of really motivated young people who are trying to make it as artists. But ultimately, the biggest uh, problem in South Africa, and I'm not saying South Africa is the only problem. I think even in Western countries, uh, artists traditionally struggle. It's a very difficult profession. But here in Africa uh, and perhaps some of the other uh, developing countries in the world, whether it's in South America or parts of Asia, you know, there's a lack of a collector base. So the problem is, is um, unless people have, motive, have the money or have a, a means to expand their marketability outside the country that they generally struggle because there aren't many people in the country you know spending money on art and so as time has gone on over the last few decades there are more and more artists and the expansion of the amount of work going into the market versus the amount of people buying it is exponentially um, 
expanding. So it's, it, it, it is a very difficult uh, situation, you know, people producing art and the lack of a collector base. And so it is uh, difficult. And I, th- I think the repercussions of that is that most uh, young people leave the profession by the time they're 30. Now, so. uh, now, now, talk to us a little bit about, uh, in, in some respects, what you're doing to help address this. I mean, last time we spoke to you, you were talking about the the, the Roger Ballins uh, Center, which uh, f- uh, for, for visual art, which which I'm not sure if it's open yet or not, uh, but I know that there has been some exhibitions and things that you've been doing. So I'd love to hear an update about that, uh, and and as well as the as some as some other arts uh, related news. What can you tell us? Well, thank you for asking. The Inside Out Center for the Arts in Forest Town, it's actually 10 meters up from the Holocaust Museum. So if, if you know where the Holocaust Museum is, if you go towards a town, maybe 10, 15 me- meters on the same side of the street is the Inside Out Center for the Arts. And so we'll be having our first show early next year. The show is almost up. We're finishing the catalog. And the name of the show is The End of the Game. And it uh, deals with the destruction of wildlife in Africa during colonial times, as well as um, my particular interpretation of the, of the concept. So uh, we're very uh, excited about the project. My daughter, Amanda Ballin, is taking care of the publicity and taking care of uh, promoting the, sh- the shows and the educational um, part of the exhibition. And we feel um, the, um, the center will make a significant a contribution to art and culture in, in, in Johannesburg uh, for people who've never been to a museum or, and for people who are interested in art and spend a lot of time in our, in the arts themselves. So it's a, it's a, it'll be a multidimensional center and the first show is almost uh, ready to go. So um, if you're at the Holocaust Center, walk up the street and you can see the building and um, I really hope um, that people will partake in the exhibitions and our website will be up in the next few days so please feel free to um you know uh, join the um the mailing list well roger you do know that you're going to have to come back on or, or amanda one of the balance is going to have to come on uh, as soon as the show is up so that we can and talk about it and and uh, and have that discussion because i think it sounds absolutely fascinating and very very relevant for for our our south african uh, our south african context yeah, well, I'm really looking forward to that. It's always a great pleasure speaking with you. <laughs> Fantastic. And I want to bring in now Amy Bell, who was also working uh, with Roger um, and is the, the curator for, for the pavilion at the Benial. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being with us on 101.9 Chi FM. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. We, we really appreciate your time. Now, we've had Roger's uh, kind of specific uh, experience of, of the Benial and... And, and what it was about, uh, but you helped curate a number of artists for, for this year's pavilion. Can you tell us a little bit about them and a little bit also about the theme that you were working with within the Benial's uh, overall dream theme? Sure, yeah. So we had three artists, um, obviously Roger was one of them, and then there was also Pimlani Tuli and Lebo Angkhanye. And our concept or our title of our exhibition was called Into the Light, which was conceptualized around the sub or as a sub theme of the overall theme of the Biennale, the Milk of Dreams. Um, so, you know, that that theme is really based on a world where life is is constantly re-envisioned through kind of the pre- we seem to have lost Amy there today. 
I, I feel like t- today's show is a little bit of a dream. You know, you sort of come in and out and uh, it sort of works and it doesn't. <laughs> it's just one of those days, I guess, uh, on live radio. So we are going to try and get Amy back with us just so she can give us an explanation uh, and, uh, and just some background because it is fascinating and so important as we're hearing from the different artists to be able to give uh, a perspective on what is the South African uh, voice on the international scene and 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 help them to and just help them get their voice out there amy are you are you back with us with you ah there we go sorry about that we do seem to be having a uh, a couple of gremlins so yes you, you were talking to us about uh, about the, the other artists and about the, the theme that you guys were, uh, were 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 putting out there this year yeah, so Into the Light kind of used the pandemic as a springboard um, for the exhibition to um, reflect on the effects of the solitudes and separation of the of the pandemic and how it could really be an, a vehicle for artists to um, embark on the process of focused self-evaluation and reflection. You know, and in line with the central theme of, of the Biennale, we also explore dialogue between fantasy and reality in order to project, you know, what the future could look like. So each artist really dealt with that independently. Um, and our theme then overall into the light also alluded to many other additional layers of reflection in the South African context, um, really bringing the diversity of artists from South Africa into the light in this global art stage. Also, their, their presence as independent artists representing South Africa, um, which I think was quite a significant one because um, all three artists are functioning independently and, you know, have really worked very hard to to make a name for themselves. So I thought that that was quite, quite amazing that 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 kind of came about in Venice. Um, and then again, we, we also spoke to the transformation and use of photography um, or photographic media in the combination with a more traditional fine art practice in South Africa. So we, we, we know uh, Roger's work quite well on this show. We've interviewed him before. We know a little bit about the photography and he's told us a, a little bit about the fascinating uh, glass uh, work, which sounds uh, great. And I hope that we'll get to see it in South Africa. What, what, what were the mediums and the approaches of the other artists that you included in the pavilion this year? So Pumlani Tuli, he really has a very layered practice. He uses various elements. Um, for this particular exhibition, he made use of stop motion animation, elements of augmented reality, and also mixed media works on canvas, where he's kind of dealing with issues of identity and kind of juxtaposing, you know, our lived past lived reality and reinterpreting them with inserting figures that were omitted from these from certain scenarios before so he has has quite a layered um, approach and one thing that i really loved about uh, pumlani's works is that he really dealt with the the complexities of our relationship with the digital world and you know traditional works on canvas so he really created this character Godide who kind of discarded his traditional African attire and you know shedding notions of self-identity before delving into a kind of fantasy realm we experienced the vastness of the diversity of, of identity cultural association and places of belonging so he really de- deals with states of being which I think is fascinating in in South Africa Africa as well because we've got so many different cultural backgrounds and and he's really looking to how we exist as human as humans and how we you know what is our relationship to each other and what what could the world have been if if we approached it very differently and then we had Lebohan Kanye who exhibited a series of works called Black to Fairy Tales um, which was more traditionally a photographic body of work 
it's an autobiographical portraits that she made um, where she positioned herself as the protagonist in a kind of westernized fairy tale situation, recreating the, the fairy tale characters of her childhood um, as she took on the, the persona of Snow Black. Um, and these were set in one act cameos in a South African township, contrasting with the milieu of the, you know, fairy tale, um, the fairy tale with the grim reality of her, her township life as a child. Um, and she was just challenging the pervasive effect that mythical folklore has on our psyche and worldview. So she had recreated a room for her, which had low lighting, which kind of emulated the the small township home of her grandmother where she produced these works. Um, so yeah, very, very interesting personal explorations by all three artists, um, really creating different worlds through each in their own room that people could experience independently. Well, absolutely fascinating stuff. I mean, if people want to understand a little bit about the, the Benial, about the about the pavilion, where can they find more more information? So they can find more information on our website, um, which is artsa-venusbiennale.org. Yeah, that's got all the information about the artists and the pavilion. It also um, should have some installation shots. If not now, it will have soon. Um, but also our Instagram has got some interviews by the artists. Each I did an interview with each of the artists where they speak more specifically about each of their works. Um, yeah, so all the social media platforms. Well, there you go, Amy Bell and Roger Ballon. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today, talking to us about the South African Pavilion at the Venice Benial. Sounds absolutely fantastic. Go check out the website and uh, you can go also have a look at the Inside Out uh, Center for the Arts in Joburg, uh, just there in Forest Town. I'm Benji Shulman and this is 101.9 High FM.